Hello everyone and welcome to episode 19, 1990, the year in review on the Me, Myself and Ryan podcast here on Spotify. I am your host as always, Ryan Klein, right? So people, we are through the 80s and now we are moving into the 90s and I do promise you that business is certainly going to start picking up here, guys and gals. Reason for that being, I mean, I should have more and more stories to tell as the podcast ages which I am very, very excited about. So look, the 80s as, as a whole was a lot of fun, but I'm super anxious to dive into the decade of the 90s, kind of get rolling here. So I'm back down here at camp on a very, very sunny 60-plus degree Friday night, and finally the weather has arrived, at least I hope. Um, I didn't bring my bibs this weekend, so I actually got shorts on right now and a T-shirt. Anyways, uh, as always, people, cold beer in hand, and I got a lot to get to here, right? So I thought I would start with a story that, you know, CNBC dropped this week about the uh, all the unemployed Americans thinking that they would receive these crazy benefits until September, which it now looks like this unemployment aid is now kind of in jeopardy in a growing number of states as we have uh, a severe labor shortage out there. But quite honestly, everybody, I mean, look, this this has to happen. I mean, the money needs to end. We got to get people back to work. And look, I get it. I understand if you're a small business owner, I'm sure the money has certainly helped you keep, you know, your business afloat over the past year. But uh, if you're one of, you know, one of the four Americans that are just simply not working just because you're making more on unemployment than when you were working, Got a little problem here. It just, it has to stop. Everybody's, you know, got to get your ass up off the couch. Got to go find a job. I mean, believe me, they're out there. I mean, the laziness kind of needs to end here. I mean, businesses are hurting out there. I mean, badly. I mean, people just, they're refusing to work. And, you know, please, everybody, don't, don't tell me you're all paying your bills and doing the right thing because a lot of people aren't. And moving on. So let's get to the Colonial Pipeline, right? So it's resuming operations after it was forced to halt after being hit with a cyber attack last week. Which, I mean, look, this really affected a lot of the southeastern states. And they do say about 45% of their fuel on the East Coast is delivered through the this particular pipeline. And, and most importantly, like I said, you know, definitely in the southeastern states. I mean, the average gas prices are now over $3. I'm sure most of you guys and gals have seen all the pictures. People at gas stations filling up garbage bags with gasoline. So it's a toilet paper issue all over again, which this is definitely part of the problem here. I mean, fuel shortages are happening because of all of this panic buying. And, you know, like people keep saying on Facebook, right, or social media, you know, please leave the gas for, you know, us people that need it to go to work or get to camp, whatever, you know, the people that are working. But uh, anyways, the experts do believe that by, you know, Memorial Day weekend or shortly after, this won't be such an issue. So speaking of that, um, there's plenty of truck driving jobs out there as well, because another issue with the fuel shortage has been transportation. So there are definitely opportunities out there if you're interested. 
Anyways, moving on. So COVID has hit my New York Yankees pretty good the past week, right? So we got seven coaches and one player, right, to be exact, Glaber Torres, our shortstop, which Torres already had the virus, right, in the baseball offseason last year. And now it's been reported that all eight have been fully vaccinated as they receive the one-shot Johnson & Johnson shot. Definitely just leads to more questions here, right, everybody? How about PGA golfer Bryson DeChambeau? All right, so you got the fifth-ranked golfer in the world. And so last week, he thought he missed the cut last Friday night. So he flew back to Dallas from Charlotte, okay? And he packed up all his shit, took a private flight home. Midway through the flight, his manager texted him and said, Hey, man, you made the cut. So DeChambeau thought, you know, he was going to withdraw, but he didn't. Um, he went home, got a workout in, probably a shake or two. Got five hours of sleep, headed back to the airport to catch another private, you know, 2.45 a.m. flight, where he arrived back in Charlotte from Dallas at 6.20 a.m., and then he made it back to the golf course for his 8.10 tee time, which, by the way, he did finish tied for ninth, made $228,000, took over the lead in the FedEx Cup point standings, just an unbelievable, but I mean, I... I love that story, and I had to tell it. But uh, moving on, so let's get to Aaron Rodgers, right? So the relationship with the Green Bay Packers, it's just, it's getting worse, right? And according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, the quarterback is now reportedly recruiting players to another unnamed team, which I have no, no idea if it's true, but if it is, I just want to know what team and who the fuck is he recruiting? Because most of the good players already have jobs. Now, the Denver Broncos are the big rumor. And look, I mean, unless he's recruiting, I don't know, who's out there? Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, Duke Johnson, Golden Tate, Danny Amendola. Which, I mean, most of these players are pretty much washed up or just not worth it, in my opinion. I mean, Bell has been basically a nobody ever since he left, left Pittsburgh. Gurley's knees, I mean, they're shot. Duke Johnson, I mean, he's nothing more than a third down back. I mean, he's not the guy that's going to carry the load for a team. And, I mean, look, Tate and Amadola, I mean, they're not going to scare anybody. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald's out there, but everybody knows if Larry Fitzgerald plays, he's going back to Arizona. So, I mean, you're, you're definitely not going to be excited if you have to draft one of these guys on your fantasy team on draft day. I mean, certainly if somebody else in the war room picks one of these players, you might laugh, chuckle a little bit. But, I mean, who knows what's going on down there in Green Bay. I'm hearing the sides are still very far apart on a deal. Even with, you know, Green Bay reportedly making Rodgers a significant long-term contract extension offer. So I guess the saga is going to continue. Last but not least, so... Michael Jordan's going to be inducting the uh, late, great Kobe Bryant into the uh, Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame on Saturday. And uh, Jordan actually shared the final text messages this week that him and Kobe shared together on December 8th of 2019. And, I mean, look, he also admits that he can't bring himself to delete them. And I'm not going to read it word for word, but basically it just kind of starts off with, Kobe saying that uh, Jordan's new tequila is awesome after it launched. 
Jordan says, you know, thank you. Kobe's asking about the family. Michael's doing the same. You know, they're wishing each other happy holidays. And then, you know, Jordan refers to Kobe as Coach Kobe as he was really, you know, starting to get into coaching his daughter, uh, Gigi. And then Kobe wrote back, you know, I'm sitting on this bench right now. And we're blowing this team out like 45 to 8, which Jordan liked this as it, you know, it, it always shows uh, Kobe, showed Kobe's competitive nature. Naturally very sad as Kobe was pretty much like a little brother to Jordan. And then, you know, unfortunately, 11 days, well, 11 days later, Kobe learned he was officially nominated for the Hall of Fame. And then, unfortunately, 49 days later, he was gone. Anybody's, anyways, everybody, that is going to wrap up this week's intro. I definitely wanted to touch briefly on these topics real quick. So, everybody, go grab a cold beverage, and I will be right back after this short break. Okay, everyone, welcome back. So let's get into world news from the year 1990. Okay, so United States President George H.W. Bush and Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev signed a treaty to end chemical weapon production and begin destroying their respective stocks, which, you know, Gorbachev was naturally awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. Iraq invaded Kuwait, eventually leading to the Gulf War. Operation Desert Shield began as the United States and the United Kingdom sent troops into Kuwait. Also, you got Nelson Mandela, who was released from prison in South Africa after 27 years of imprisonment, which he was actually sentenced to life. And if you guys and gals don't know, he was the leader of the movement to end South African apartheid. Now in Iran, the Manji or Manji, I don't know, the Rudbar earthquake struck with a 7.4 magnitude, killing between 35 and 50,000 people. Now, on May 17th, the World Health Organization removed homosexuality from its list of diseases. Now, I didn't know this. I mean, I just found this to be fucking crazy. I'm like, this was a thing that homosexuality was a disease back then? I mean, unbelievable. But anyways, moving on. Uh, the remo removal of the Berlin Wall began in June of 1990. Douglas Wilder became the first African-American governor, which this was in the state of Virginia. North and South Yemen, also known as the Yemen Arab Republic and the People's Democratic, Democratic Republic of Yemen, unified as the Republic of Yemen. Also, you had the first McDonald's open in Moscow. And you had the first Pizza Hut open in the Soviet Union. Also, so Jax, when you listen to the pod, you'll enjoy this. One of the largest, most well-preserved Tyrannosaurus Rex fossilized skeletons was found by paleontologist Sue Hendrickson near Faith, South Dakota in August of 1990. They named the T-Rex Sue, naturally, right? And then you got NASA's STS-31 mission, which deployed, you know, carrying the Hubble Space Telescope on the Space Shuttle Discovery. So let's move on. Let's get to pop culture now, right? So Solitaire was included in computer programs to help all the users strengthen their clicking and dragging skills, which I also believe, you know, if you play video games, that will also help it. But uh, anyways, moving on. So you got 
You know, these art thieves, right? They stole 12 paintings of art in a Shang Dynasty vase worth, I don't know, something like $500 million. And apparently they said that like two thieves dressed in police uniforms, you know, trick security for access. And look, this is still the greatest known property theft in history from the Isabella Gardner Museum in Boston, which the merchandise has never been recovered and the heist is still unsolved. So it kind of like reminds me of those, you know, ocean movies, you know, so... Um, anyways, now the next thing, this is kind of fucked up, but after, you know, finding my research, I, I had to include it. So in 1989, Michael Doucette, right? So this kid was named like America's safest driving teen. Well, unfortunately in 1990, he fell asleep at the wheel and collided with an oncoming car, killing himself and the other driver, which I mean... Anyways, it, it's fucked up, but I had to talk about it. So it seems that, uh, you know, ex-president Richard Nixon, 37th, right? So he was probably a fan of rap music. And he was even quoted as saying that, uh, I have often thought that if there had been a good rap group in those days, I might have chosen a career in music instead of politics. Anyways, on June 7th, 1990, Nickelodeon Studios and Universal Studios, Orlando, opened in Florida. But how about this habit, right? So from 1990, yes, guys and gals, all of the really, really cool people were wearing parachute pants. Or should I say hammer pants? Which I was definitely, certainly one of these people at the time. I mean, I believe I had a black and neon pair uh, pink pair, right? And then a black and like neon green pair. So look, they're like, you know, baggy pants tapered at the ankles. You know, they were sagging very loose, came in, you know, a wide variety of colors and were, you know, shiny, flashy styled. But then when MC Hammer, you know, he came out with the rap song, You Can't Touch This, along with, you know, his MTV video. I mean, shit got real. Everybody was rocking these. Well, I mean, at least I was anyway, which I think I was in like seventh grade back in the day, Harbor Creek Junior High School, you know, back here in good old Erie, PA. But uh, like I've always said, you know, in my lifetime, I've gone through all the trending styles and I mentioned it in the hairband episode. I mean, I've never been scared to be original or whatever. But uh, anyways, guys and gals, that is going to wrap up world news and pop culture. So stay right here and I'll be right back. Okay, guys and gals, so welcome back. So let's move on and let's get into sports right from the year 1990. So like father, like son. And on September 14th, 1990, Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Sr. made history and I mean, look, this is what these guys, I mean, this is what these guys did back in the day. And they became the first father-son duo to hit back-to-back -back home runs in a game against the California Angels. Now, Griffey Sr. signed with the Seattle Mariners, which that was Ken Griffey Jr.'s team at the time. And no father and son had ever played together on the same team. So yes, I mean, this exceptionally talented family pair, right? So they played for two seasons. 1990 and 1991. 
So Senior's career was kind of winding down, and Junior's path to the Hall of Fame was just kind of beginning. And unfortunately, right, so you got, you know, Angel's right-handed pitcher, Kirk McCaskill. You know, he's on the other hand, other on the other end of history here, as this is the dude who gave up the home runs. So Griffey Jr., he was 20 years old at the time, youngest player in the majors, while Griffey Sr. was 40 at the time and the seventh oldest in the majors. So let's stay on Griffey Jr. here, right? Because I, I know I'm going to do something because uh, Steve Johnson sent me something a long time ago in one of the episodes about, uh, uh, well, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. But anyways, so Griffey Jr. was just a very distinguished player, you know, not only for his athleticism, but also for, you know, his offensive and defensive dominance. You know, basically known for the sweetest swing in baseball history. Finished his career as a 10-time Gold Glove Award winner. Seven-time Silver Slugger recipient. And, I mean, look, one of the most popular players ever to play. 13-time All-Star, an MVP, 630 home runs, six most in Major League history, which I, I think everybody probably knows that he you know, he probably would have had over 700. It's just the injuries kind of held him back, you know, later in his career. But, I mean, look, he was elected to the National Baseball Hall of Fame in 2016 with 99.3 of the Baseball Writers Association of America's votes, which he broke the record for the highest Hall of Fame voting percentage ever. So let's go to music, right? So the most famous person in America is probably Madonna. And soul legend Curtis Mayfield was unfortunately paralyzed from the neck down by falling lighting equipment while performing in New York. Which, I mean, look, this dude continued to compose and record vocals lying down until his death in 1999. Now, rocker Chuck Berry was accused and sued by several women who claimed that he installed... <laughs> video cameras in the ladies' bathrooms at two of his St. Louis restaurants. Now, this next one, this next one's kind of fucked up, but uh, Rat Packer, Sammy Davis Jr., right? So he died at age 64, 1990. So his widow discovered that he was basically broke and owed back taxes. So <laughs> what did she do? She had his body dug up to strip him of $70,000 worth of jewelry that they buried him with. <laughs> Unbelievable. But, I mean, I mean, you can't make this shit up. Anyways, on August 26, 1990, Stevie Ray Vaughan described a disturbing dream to his bandmates, right? And, you know, he said he, like, he witnessed his own funeral. Well, the next day, he tragically died in a helicopter crash. And if you don't know anything about this guy, right, so, you know, American musician, singer-songwriter, you know, record producer, best known as the guitarist and frontman of the blues rock band Double Trouble, and definitely one of the most iconic and influential musicians in the history of blues, and basically one of the greatest guitarists of all time. So, let's get to the story, right? So, here we go. Probably the biggest story in music, maybe, but I'm going to go with it. 
Vanilla Ice's rap song, Ice Ice Baby, right, became the first rap single to hit number one in the U.S., which, yes, people, you will never guess who his biggest fan was probably, right? Naturally me. So the music video, the live performances, I was just completely taken in. And I know if you saw my Facebook page or my Instagram page this week, you certainly know now. So yes, that kid on stage holding the marker as a microphone, rocking the blue parachute pants and the red, white, and blue American flag t-shirt. That was me. And I had the flat top haircut, the line shaved in my head, uh, the black high tops. I was rocking the uh, Air Jordan 5s with the shiny tongue, which those are my faves. Definitely my faves. And I got to thank you, Mom, because I never knew if... Uh, you know, I was going to find that. Thank you for the scrapbooks. And uh, I got all these kids books. And uh, I mean, if this is what it takes to uh, get people interested, me just posting, uh, you know, pictures of myself. I mean, good, uh, get ready because we're going to do a whole lot more. So anyways, this, uh, you know, this event, right? Eastminster Church, right? So they had talent shows every year. And um, I think the one year we did... Uh, Run DMC, UB Illin, or something. But we did, we we were lip syncing, right? And uh, so the dancers in the back of that photo, so Derek Sweet was definitely one of them. Uh, you know, one of my best friends back in the day. I love you, Derek. Uh, hope you're listening to the pod. And I believe Andy Watson was probably the other one. But... Uh, Anyways, these were a lot of fun, and I just, like I said, all the comments that I got on Facebook in the last couple of days from uh, just Jeff Alleman, Kyle Charlton, uh, just Steve Matthijs, Steve Johnson, a lot of people were like, you know, what, what the fuck, who's this kid, what's he doing? But uh, what you guys and gals did know is at the end of that song, when I was lip-syncing, Little Burr, so Kyle Klein... So he came out of the uh, woodworks, and it was like, uh, word to your mother, that's what Little Bird did. Word to your mother. And I think he was six or seven at the time. Uh, and I, I was, like I said, 13 or 14. But anyways, it's, it's a great story to tell, and I uh, hope everybody enjoyed it. I have lots, you know, more of these. But uh, anyways, guys and gals, I am going to take a quick break, and I will be right back. Okay, people, welcome back. So let's take a look at the top 10 movies from the year 1990. So here's your top 10 list from 1 to 10. So you got Home Alone, Ghost, Dance with the Wolves, Pretty Woman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Hunt for Red October, Total Recall, Die Hard 2, Dick Tracy, and Kindergarten Cop. So naturally, Home Alone was just another... You know, Christmas holiday classic. Definitely one of my Christmas faves, which, you know, I remember a few years ago and it was never even on during the Christmas season. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Like somebody must have got the memo because the last couple of years it's on like every every day now. And that's probably like free form, but Let's move on. So I talked about Pretty Woman in the Valentine's Day episode. Now, look, if you still have not seen this movie, please make it, you know, a must. 
right? Richard Gere, Julia Roberts, Stripper, you know, Roxette, Must Have Been Love. I mean, come on. And I won't get into the, uh, I mean, I already did that. I talked about it the uh, one day where I played that song, Hunters. And I made everybody start dancing. It was crazy, but let's move on. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, I mean, look, these dudes are definitely going down as pop culture icons. But, you know, this, fi this film honestly is not that good. And, I mean, you know, back in the day, it was probably like the shit. But it's just, it wasn't that good. And uh, Die Hard 2, you know, certainly a great movie. Most certainly one of the best ones in the series. And look, I love Kindergarten Cop, especially when a little kid and he says that uh, his dad's a gynecologist and he looks at vaginas all day long. Just classic line. So just some other movies that didn't make the top 10. So, you know, still on my Steven Seagal kick, you know, hard to kill. Mason Storm, badass. Goodfellas, which, you know, naturally one of the best gangster movies ever made. De Niro, Pesci, Leota, you know, enough said there. Stephen King's It, which, by the way, everybody, this was the original, guys and gals, if you didn't know it. Most certainly the movie that made all the children scared of clowns for the rest of their lives. You got another Seagal movie, Marked for Death, you know. Days of Thunder, Tom Cruise, here we go again. 80s into the 90s, right? So, all you NASCAR fans out there. Um, Lionheart, Van Damme, classic flick. Um, Rocky Five with Stallone. And look, I don't care what anybody says. I love the street fight at the end of the movie. You know, dude, Tommy Gunn walking to the bar. It's just, you knocked him down. Now try knocking me down. I mean, it's just, I, I love that. Anyways, you also had Young Guns 2, Godfather 3. So definitely a good year for film. All right, so let's move on to TV shows, right? 1990. Which, first off, I do have to rewind real quick here. So I did totally forget a TV show from 1989 that I have to go back and mention real quick, right? So Seinfeld. And I definitely, I, I can't believe I missed this. Absolutely one of my favorite TV shows ever made. Uh, definitely a show about nothing that literally reminds me about everyday life. I totally relate to it. And the episodes are classic. The comedy is just fucking awesome. You know, George, without a doubt, is my favorite character. And, you know, if you haven't seen it, um, the reruns are always on TBS. They're on demand. Check it out. So I feel better about that now. Um, so I already talked about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you know, in the Will Smith pod. So don't need to mention that. But what I really want to talk about right now, October 4th, 1990, which was one of the most special days in pop culture history. Beverly Hills 90210 premiered and went on to become absolutely one of the biggest pop culture phenoms ever, right? Jason Priestley, Shannon Doherty, Luke Perry, Brian Austin Green, Tori Spelling, Ian Ziering, Jenny Garth, Gabrielle, Gabrielle Carteris just made these people household names. Probably one of the most iconic team soaps from the 90s, if not 
you know, one of the best. So lots of good musical, you know, guest appearances. This TV show, you know, it started careers for many, many special casting appearances. You know, it was just a very influential show that it just never got old. So, you know, go figure people, but you probably have guessed I was a huge fan and never missed an, an episode, 10 seasons. Um, the Dylan and Tony wedding was definitely my favorite episode, which, you know, here's another story, right? So, you know, 1995 freshman IUP, uh, Scranton Hall was my dorm and you know, it, this is what we did, man. I, you know, a few of us guys, we had like the co-ed, um, you know, sides of the, uh, upstairs girls had a side, boys had a side, but I mean, Hey, you know, if you, uh, wanted to check out the ladies, all you had to do was put on some 90210 and they would basically come to your dorm room and check it out with you and watch it. And that's basically what we did. And for years, I mean, we, I mean, I continued this for, you know, three, four more years down there at IUP. And, um, you know, the ladies were always like, what are you watching? I'm like, well, 90210. So, but anyways, that will be the end of movies and TV shows. So uh, everybody sit right back and I will be right back as well. Hi, this is Joe Bees, the host of the Beehive Sports Podcast. Do you love uncensored looks into all things sports? If you said yes, then this podcast is the place for you. The Beehive Sports Podcast features a number of segments and topics, including current events in the sports world, sports history, sports betting, a look into the darker stories in sports, and much more. The Beehive Sports Podcast can be found on several platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can also search the Beehive Sports Podcast on Facebook, where you can interact with other listeners as well as myself. Don't wait. Tune on in to the weekly episodes today. Okay, folks, let's get into this week's version of Rise Got Five on it. So I thought, you know, it'd be fitting, right? 1990. Being the year that the TV show 90210 became a pop culture, you know, sensation. Um, what better way to close out than with my all-time top five best teen TV dramas of all time. So without further ado, let's jump into my list here, guys and gals. So my honorable mention, I'm going with The Wonder Years. And I know I talked about it a couple episodes ago. So I mean, look, this show definitely makes it clear, no matter the decade, teenagers always go through same kinds of first loves, Inevitable, you know, first heartbreaks, older sibling headaches, naturally efforts to help loved ones deal with losing friends and family members. And, you know, I've talked about Fred Savage, Kevin Arnold, Dana McKellar, uh, Winnie Cooper, love her. But how about the dad, Jack, and the older brother, Wayne? I mean, these dudes were definitely assholes on the show. But uh, anyways, let's go. Uh Number five, I'm taking Friday Night Lights, which you don't even have to be a sports fan or a football guy or gal to get into the show. I mean, it was an achievement in itself, right? So, I mean, the TV drama focuses on Coach Eric Taylor, 
right, as he coaches a high school football team in a rural town, Dillon, Texas. And, I mean, look, the emotions, they definitely run wild on this show. But the at the end of the day, all you need to know about number 33, Tim Riggins, the fullback running back of the Dillon Panthers, just a complete fucking badass. Number four, I'm going with Dawson's Creek, which let me just preface this, right? So I couldn't stand Joey Potter, Katie Holmes. I mean, it wasn't Katie Holmes. It was just Joey Potter. And then I couldn't stand Dawson Leary by James Vanderbeek. It wasn't James. It's just, it's just, man, Dawson was just a whiner with a crying face that you're never going to forget. But the TV show, I mean, look, it had overall greatness. And, I mean, it taught us some things. You know, don't have affairs with our teachers. Co-ed sleepovers kind of get awkward after puberty, which I kind of want to know this, right? It's weird because who had sleepovers in high school? You know, co-ed. I mean, feel free to hit me up. Let me know. I mean, I'm curious. Um, but most importantly, this show taught us you know, do not hook up with your best friend's ex-girl. Not a good thing. Basically what the whole show is about. At number three, I'm going with the OC. So I got Ryan Atwood, you know, the delinquent teenager, taken in, you know, by the family of Seth Cohen. And, you know, exposed to the rich lifestyle of living in Newport Beach, California. And I get it, it only went on for four seasons, but it was really one of the most popular, you know, new dramas at the time. I mean, and ever. At number two, I'm going with 90210. So, I mean, relationships, date rape, eating disorders, teen suicide, teen pregnancy, abortion, AIDS, drugs and alcohol abuse, animal rights. I mean, this show had it all. I mean, it's just lots of hot chicks. Lots of hot dudes, right? Um, anyways, my number one overall pick, I'm taking none other than One Tree Hill, which I was hooked immediately as this show was focused on high school basketball. So you got Lucas Scott, Nathan Scott, half-brothers, Dan the dad, which in the villains, the Kleins and the camper, I should have took Dan Scott as like maybe the worst villain ever because this dude was fucked up at I mean look single parents absentee parents family dynamics just unlikely relationships murder um Peyton Brooke which by the way my daughter Peyton was named after Peyton from the show um clothes over bros and the music I mean the soundtrack just awesome and most importantly, just the River Court, which reminds me of Napier Park back here in good old Erie, PA. I mean, played basketball down there forever. Lights were on. Um, God, this is what we did in the summertime. You know, it reminds me of my house, too. Uh, my dad used to put the spotlights out for us kids, teenagers, uh, to play basketball after dark. And it's just, we used to have everybody there. I mean, girls, guys, people watching. I mean, just playing hoops all night. I remember the night that the neighbor called the police on us 
uh, the cops came down. Good old 2115 Harbor Road. And all we were doing was playing basketball. And the cops were like, we weren't even like really playing music, but my neighbor was kind of an asshole. And I just, my, my dad came out and he talked to the police. He was like, look, these kids, I mean, they're not doing drugs. They're not drinking. They're just playing hoops, having a good time. And that's what it's all about. Uh, God, we had fun. Stevie Johnson, bro. You remember all those nights, man. Steve Matthias, you were there. Greg Sakura. Uh, Toby Crosby, Tyler Crosby, and man, we had, man, we had people down there, but, uh, anyways, everybody, that is going to wrap it up for this week's episode, and, uh, as always, you know, feel free to comment on my Facebook or Instagram page with your, you know, favorite, you know, team TV show dramas or anything else you want to talk about, and as always, you know, thank you for subscribing and listening and uh, this is RJK signing out. So I will see you next week, everybody. Yay!